The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, this is episode number 188 of the Crossover Podcast. I'm David Johnston from The Morning Show. He is Jeff Gamsler from The Home Team. That's why we call ourselves The Crossover. And thanks so much for joining us. Of course, uh, you know how to find us, 960theref.com. The 960theref app, which we love. And you can find that at the App Store with your iPhone and Google Play with your Android. You can listen to the dogs. You can listen to us. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can also let us know how you feel. We can listen to you thanks to the open mic feature. In fact, your 960 The Ref rant of the week can be heard and played back on Fridays at 8.50. So if you got something you want to get off your chest, or if you got something you want to speak positively about, I guess that's not really a rant, but close enough. We had to go with 960 The Ref rant of the week because it works. The alliteration and everything else. But anyway, Brother Dantzler, welcome to episode number 188. We rolled back into Athens last night just after 1 a.m. And a heartbreaking loss to the enemy. That's yeah, one of those uh, would have preferred just losing in nine. It winds up going 14. And uh, you know the weekends are much, much bigger. But you get invested. And it is tech. And boy, both teams had several chances to win it but couldn't the dogs never trailed until the very last play yeah. which was reviewed but uh, it, it had just been a nine inning loss like yeah okay shake it off because the weekend's so much bigger for both georgia and for tech but that one definitely lingered and it uh throws a uh curveball into what georgia's pitching plans are this weekend so we'll uh we'll, we'll just, as we tape here on a wednesday afternoon uh, we'll see how everything shakes out for the weekend but it is a monster series with old miss and uh georgia's pitching i'm just you know channel mom has been absolutely crippled with injuries here uh and and this is one of those weekends coming up the, the guys in the field, the pitching has done a very good job uh, for the most. I know that there were a million walks against Tech, but uh, we, we've had guys go out there and do really well. Sean Kenny's done a great job with his pitching staff. Uh, Georgia is in SEC play at or near the bottom in fielding, walks, runs scored, home runs, stolen bases. It's getting hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to turn from a, a pitching-driven uh, league and certainly a pitching driven park at Foley Field to a hitter's park this weekend. So uh, the, the offense is going to have to go out there, DJ, and for Georgia to win this series and bolster that NCAA tournament resume. Georgia's got to score, score, score this weekend. 14 innings, and it was not a pretty game either way. As you mentioned, Georgia didn't trail until the very last play when Tech won on a sack fly. But the uh, the dogs walked 15 last night. Tech walked nine. There were 32 combined strikeouts. There were four errors, and again, just another 14 inning game that Georgia's not able to win, and, and certainly hurts. But Ole Miss coming up. Still feel like if the dogs take at least two out of three, they'll be in good shape for the postseason. I agree. I think two's the number. I think at one. 
George is on the bubble, and then you start getting down to how many are they going to take from the SEC and right. what's the pecking order. And Georgia, when the dogs play in the SEC tournament on Tuesday, will be in a game against a team that is in the exact yep. same boat. Yeah, so the, the, the Heat's definitely going to be on there. And uh, just I know once again, though, this team's just got to try and find a way to regroup. We knew how tough the schedule was going to be at the end of the year. Uh, th- think about several factors here. Georgia's 3-8. and eight in the last 11 games since coming back from Missouri. And that started with a lost attack. And uh, I, I remember us saying that night, so we just we look tired. And I was saying, well, that makes sense. You and I are tired. You know? So, you know, <laughs> Especially you know, today. Yeah, so, you know, the players are tired. So we knew this stretch was going to be very difficult. So Georgia's just 3-8 and eight in the last 11. Obviously, uh, a couple of those could have gone George's way, but unfortunately didn't. But we've also just kind of gotten that squeeze of what we looked at before the year, those last three weekends going to Arkansas, to Florida, two teams that have been ranked number one this year. Then Ole Miss coming here, a team that has been ranked number one this year. And, And that factor that we talked about before the year, opening and closing at home that might sound like a good deal on the surface well that means you're on the road for five out of eight weekends and george has been gone for three of the last four weekends and a tuesday road game that was a seven game road trip to arkansas florida and yeah. tech and what were the three of the last four sec road weekends exactly about going to missouri, missouri arkansas, arkansas and florida. And florida it's not like there was a South Carolina or an Auburn. I'm just being as far as distance. Yeah. Yeah. Those were all long trips. Uh, And and it can wear on you. Everybody's going through it, and nobody's making excuses, but it's just sometimes the way the schedule sets up. It can benefit you in spots, and it can hurt you in spots. And uh, it it has definitely been a grinder here. But uh, this team, uh, there were a couple times when it looked like they were going to – you You just didn't know if they'd be able to come off the deck – They've been able to do it, but that was a dagger on on Tuesday. Not just the loss that it was to Tech, but the way it went down in 14 innings, and it just absolutely uh, eats your bullpen and eats your pitching alive. But uh, this team has shown the the fight, the heart, the spunk Spunk. to rally back time and time again. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can do it again. And I will think, too, on Thursday, uh, when we get out there and Foley Field this weekend is at full capacity. Uh, that's certainly going to be a big lift for our team. I hope so. I really do. I know Saturday is sold out as of this morning. Thursday and Friday were still not sold out. So hopefully there'll be some some good um, you know last-minute ticket buying and that kind of thing. When we play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series anyway, the Thursday game's usually yes. not as full. Friday game's when we have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, is not sure. usually as full. But I think in this case, there's been so much anticipation for a lot of people who haven't been able to get a ticket all year that they'll take whatever day, or in this case, night, they can get. And it makes sense that Saturday disappeared really fast, but hopefully we'll see Thursday and Friday do the same thing. No, I hope so, and I'm very excited about it. It's been you know, one of those seasons. We knew it was going to be a grind from the get-go, and you know, when the season started, we had played a couple of weeks. You know, those of us who've been around it said, you know what, this year, with all we've lost, we've been so good the last three years that if this team can go over 500 overall and make it to Birmingham, be one of the 12 that makes it Birmingham, I, I think this has been a good year. Everybody's 
got yep. a tough schedule in the SEC, but looking at this year's schedule, the travel, who Georgia played, where Georgia played, them, right? It, it was just extra tough this season. The two midweek losses to texting too. They do could have those. That would certainly, or just even having split, split one of yeah. those, and and essentially, as far as like a computer goes, it sees Georgia and Tech as the same mm-hmm. as the same. They both have similar similar records. Yeah. Both have a similar strength of schedule. The difference, though, is is that Team A beat Team B twice this year. That, that's exactly right. So that's uh, and that's, if and, and sorry, Jeff, if the SEC tournament started today, we'd be sitting as the number nine seed and would be matched up with Alabama. But of course, I mean, they're every series, all seven series this weekend means something everybody is still alive to make it to birmingham you've got what four teams that are alive for the sec championship you got division titles at play Uh, you've got teams fighting for winning records in the league you got teams fighting for seedings you know teams like georgia alabama lsu and kentucky are fighting for their ncaa tournament lives and you know this is one of those things boy it's it's the grind so to your point whoever playing has got something on the line which is great and this is so much of what we missed last year and again going back to what i was saying before the year if you just said hey winning record overall make it to birmingham that's a good year well obviously the, the expectations as you start going along and and winning a little bit more and winning a little bit more the expectations get heightened there but uh, unfortunately since we, we we got to 10 and 9 in league play with that Thursday night win over Auburn, then that Friday night heartbreaker to Auburn. It's just, you know, we, we've lost three straight conference series and, and book into that with losses to Tech. But, uh, and, and we knew it was going to be tough we down knew the that, stretch. Yeah. But it's that if you'd have told me, you know, again, if Georgia would have won the, the extra innings game with Auburn, and then if you'd have said, all right, you're going to lose two out of three at Florida and Arkansas, so I'll, I'll take that deal. You'd still be sitting at 13 and 14 Absolutely. instead of 12 and 15, and that looks a lot different even though it's just one game uh, difference. You're, you're exactly right. And uh, the, the deal, too, you know, speaking of Auburn, who beat us, I think that precedent was set. They got into a regional two years ago with a 14 and 16 SEC record. Not only did they get in – they went to the College World Series, too. So that's that, that's going to carry a lot of weight. What was our SEC record in 2011? We were 16 and 14. Okay, so had a winning record. We and were one of four teams yeah. in the league that had a winning record. Everybody, was a weird in the, year. everybody in the West went 15 and 15. Yeah. And then you had Florida, South Carolina, and Vandy all just beat each other. Beat each other. Yeah, it beat crazy. everybody up yeah. that year. Yeah, that was crazy. an interesting year. So uh, anyway, well, 7 o'clock. And by the way, the other thing I like, too, about this weekend is that all seven series are being played Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Basically, all the first pitch times each day are the same, too. So tomorrow, every series starts in the 7 o'clock hour. Friday, every series starts in the 7 o'clock hour, except for, for Florida and Arkansas. And they start at 8. And then Saturday, you have Tennessee and South Carolina starting at noon. And then everything else either starts at 2 or 3 o'clock. And you could see some teams, depending on how – Thursday and Friday play out 
maybe do some things with the pitching to to set it up for the SEC tournament. I think especially yeah. if a team knows it's going to play day one, and, and and let's say you feel like boy, we we really need to have that game, or or if you're saying you know what we've if you're one of the top four and you're saying I don't know, let's say out of Florida, Arkansas, Vandy, um, Tennessee, what I was like, well, we can't win the league, but we're still going to be a one seed. We know we're not going to play to Wednesday. Maybe we hold our number three starter until, yep. I don't know, game one or game two of the SEC sure. tournament. So maybe you see a team throw a bullpen on a Saturday. It, it's a lot of fun. And, and just seeing you know how teams handle things with the pitching, how they set it up in regards to the SEC tournament. Again, this is so much a part of what we missed. And I love it, too, this year. That even you've, you've had the three teams down towards the bottom, which unfortunately, you know, another blow for Georgia. Dogs are just four and five against those three teams. But all three of those teams are still alive. Oh, and Auburn is at Missouri. So, that, so that's a kind of a, a winner-take-all yeah. type deal. And a is hosting LSU. Right, so A&M could play themselves in. Mm-hmm. Or if A&M, let, let's say LSU swept A&M, then you'd basically come down to whoever wins Auburn-Missouri is getting that 12th spot. That's right. So, again, whoever's playing. You've got something on the line. Nobody's been eliminated. The SEC's up for grabs. The SEC East is up for grabs. Everything. Everything yeah. is in play. Yeah, looking forward to it. And looking forward to seeing how the dogs do against Ole Miss, but not having Connor Tate, oh. not having Riley King. That Randon Jernigan and, and Garrett Spikes, I thought, stepped up and did they a have. very nice job, but just not being at full strength, of course, not having Ryan Webb. And the pitchers that we haven't had all year, it's it's very tough. Well, it, and I know a lot of teams have been fighting injuries, and we knew it was going to be a higher situation because we played 18 games last year, yeah. and now you're going to the full 55 to right. 60, and and then some. So guys just aren't as you know you're just not going to be as in season shape and i think we're seeing it in the big leagues too you go from a 60 game season last year to now you're going to have that full boat of 162 but the thing with the dogs is some of the injuries like connor tate getting hit on the ankle ball and is a thing and ryan webb it's it's the elbow after a back and and, and the three pitchers at georgia lost cj smith a third of the way into the year uh, childers and brown before the season that's a really good four-man rotation Sure is. With a, then you feel, oh God, what if we just had two of those guys? Yeah. Uh, but but this team, you know, there, there's you, you can cry about it all you want, but Georgia's still in a spot if the dogs can get, find a way. And yeah. if you get into the postseason, you never know what can happen because one of the things too that that when when you do lose players that does give other players opportunities. And I look at what Liam Sullivan has done. I mean, his last Big three time. outings, one in relief, and we were getting killed, and we just needed to roll up some zeros. He goes four scoreless against Auburn. Then, hey, first start, no problem. Friday night. At number one, Arkansas. And he plays great, gives up just one run in six innings. He gives up just three and five innings down at Florida. And and he's been terrific. So for guys Gave like Georgia, this, a chance. And, 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 but here's the thing: Every we've lost performance. all three yeah, of I those know. games. So the way he's pitched, Georgia's yeah. due to win a game yeah. that he pitches in. But the other thing too, when you, when you get those injuries, 
it's the natural trickle-down effect. Say, for instance, on Tuesday night, not only did Georgia miss Connor Tate and Riley King, and Dave's exactly right. Rana Jernigan had a great game. Garrett Spikes uh, did, did a terrific job at the plate. But you also don't have that depth. So even if, if say, if Spikes and Jernigan would have started, you said, okay, if, if Tate and Riley were healthy, you say, we'll just go give them an off day. Well, you got those guys available to pinch hit or to, or to make a yeah. defensive substitution. Yeah. Now, you don't you don't have that no either. Depth. And uh, we cannot go to Athens Tech to call up players. <laughs> so that's where you get, you know, the, the, the difference and uh, – Jake Westbrook's in the area. Can we get him? Jake, can he, he come never over played here? in college. He's got eligibility. Give us some innings there. But that's also where when you get into some of the rules and some of the things that, that we feel need to be modified in the college game and, and the majors get, get pointed to, like to, to me, they need to go to the major league rule when it comes to extra innings. Put the runner on second, starting in the tenth, and and let's go. Let, let's go because you're protecting both teams' arms. Because again, uh, you, you can't go to AAA and just say, "Boy, yeah, we had to use nine guys last night, so yeah, we need to call three guys up for this week." You don't have yep. that. So uh, th- that would be a very very good rule to see put in. Plus it speeds up the pace of play and it gives you that a lot too. more strategy talk especially which in a is game fun. where 536 oh pitches God. are thrown that's that's gotta that's be a, a record that's a lot it's a lot of pitches coach that's a lot a lot of 536 pitches, pitches. so the dogs in, in Ole Miss will play Thursday night at seven Friday night at seven and then Sunday at, or excuse me Saturday at two and then we'll head on over to Birmingham and it looks like I mean I guess technically on Tuesday we could play at any of the times. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know if we could play the last game. I, I don't th- think we could get five or 12. I don't think so. But mathematically we could get any of the other times. And I think more than likely we could end up either as the seven ten or the 8-9. I, I would guess agree. the 6-11 could be in play also. but More than likely. But more than likely. So the first pitch times are 10-30 – Two, is that two? Let's see, two o'clock, five thirty, and, and late. <laughs> and one, thank goodness that, that we're not in line for. What would let's see the five thirty? What would it? Th- you give that three and a half hours? Yeah, you talk about nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, it's late. yeah. So those are the the times. I'm having a little trouble going to the central conversion here, but it looks. <laughs> I mean, late. <laughs> more than yeah, more than likely. It could be that uh, that one o'clock Eastern or the five thirty, I guess Eastern would be the the times. But don't need to speculate on that because there's nothing we can do no. about it. Well, and I was gonna say, speaking of start times, not that it was unexpected, but I got a little. I'm not gonna lie, I got a little bit of a excitement, a little jolt when we found out the kickoff for the Clemson game was at seven thirty. I like that no, just because it, it, it's a it's a football kickoff time. No, I think so. And you're, you know, when, when you get to the end of May, and if you're just thinking like, "Why well, does you know, live every day getting ready for football season?" You think like, "Okay, end of May's Memorial Day." Then you think, "All right, the next stop's the Fourth of July," and then Labor Day yeah. is is in sight, and it's not that we're getting there that far. You get around that hundred day mark, yeah, that, which is next week. Okay, yeah. so that's why I think you can kinda, next Thursday, I think, kind of start to sense it a little bit, and uh, Kirby. Uh, made a great point. Uh, I, w- I was on a, a Zoom call with him uh, for some uh, meet and greet uh, 
Georgia students who won a contest and uh, just got brought up how big this game is. And obviously you're getting a lot of national notoriety for playing in a, in a game that will have two top five teams in it. And, and, and Kirby brought up the point, too, just what it means – to the players and he said the last two days of spring practice was solely focused on Clemson mm-hmm. and then I'm sure when they get when you go through the oof the what the great John Casey always called the necessary evil of preseason camp. Oof. When you get through those first it's couple, not as of evil weeks, as it used to be, but there's still a lot of lot to get through. Coach Cowley said he goes, Jeff, <laughs> two a days are a necessary evil, <laughs> and uh, but when you get through that. It's just a different animal when you're prepping for Clemson as opposed to, let's say, if it's uh, – and nothing against these schools, but, all right, hey, we got Northeast Louisiana, New Mexico State, then we've got a big game. It, yeah. it is day one. You know what you've got sitting in front of you there. So I, I think that gives everybody that extra jolt. We got the news, too, that the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic in Atlanta. So you'll have Bama and Miami at 3.30 that afternoon, then Georgia and Clemson at 7.30. Then the next day, which I don't know why. I mean, I know it's Sunday, but Labor Day weekend, I don't know why they don't use that Sunday a little bit more since there's no NFL. But there is Notre Dame and Florida State Sunday night. And then Monday night, Louisville and Ole Miss play in Atlanta in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. For whatever reason, they continue to bury their head in the sand, though. That's a Monday night. You got work. You got school the next day. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. That's one kick that thing off. And we I were can, supposed to kick off with Virginia that late. It's it's nuts. And that's one, too, where it's, okay, it's Labor Day. There are people at the beach or lake yeah. or cooking. Kick that thing off at 5 o'clock. I or know. 6 o'clock. Exactly. Because it's, and I can, and again, my life changed uh, so much in, in many ways, obviously for all of us when we get married, but with Emily being a teacher, you know, and I remember the first one, there was an Ole Miss Florida State game in like 2015, 2016 yeah. that Ole Miss raced out to lead. FSU came back and beat But that was a Labor Day night. I was excited about it. She said, Well, I got to be in bed at 8 30, and the thing kicked off at 8 o'clock. That's one of those that should kick at 6 o'clock. And I, I can kind of think back to. The NBA's been hit and miss or that when they played on Memorial Day Sunday or Memorial Day Monday, because I can remember many a, a Memorial Day weekend back in the early 80s when you had the Sixers and the Celtics and the Lakers, oh, when there would be a, a monster game, whether it was in the conference finals or maybe they had even rolled to the NBA finals at that point. The playoffs weren't quite as long. They would be at like 4 o'clock on a Memorial Day afternoon. And a, a couple of years ago, there was a Memorial Day game that was at 8 o'clock. It's like, no, 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 no. Play that one late to mid-afternoon, but definitely for college football. You got school and all that. The, the next day, people have got to go to work. Kick that baby at 5.30, 6 o'clock. I don't know. Well, I'm sure. Well, we've, you know, we know we've got to have these many eyeballs. We've got to have this number for ratings, and the only way we're going to get that is if we play the whole game in prime time. Uh, and it's just maddening. And, and honestly, you could kick off at 7, 15, even 7.30, and I know that's getting late. You can uh, still yeah, get I most d- of the game in prime time. I, I, see, I agree. But, I mean, yeah. to me, 5 or 6 is the time. I uh, know. That you, would be You kick that, that baby nice. off. But they just they continue to miss the boat on yes. that. All right, before we get out of here, we still got a few minutes. The PGA Championship, which Jeff loves the fact that it's moved to May. 
Oh, will be played tomorrow, starting tomorrow at Kiowa. I'm going to throw who I think are the well, not who I think, but just I guess for the betting lines, I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw these at you. Tell me what you think, and then we'll hit the Georgia guys. Okay, so we got I think eight Bulldogs playing, which is awesome. It's a, it was uh, it last year, didn't they all make the cut? Yeah, well, they went you, eight for eight when Morikawa won it. That's just got to be a all-time yeah. record. Yeah. So because he won last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago in Charlotte. And because he's already won a major at Kiowa, Rory McIlroy is now, I think for most of these folks, he's betting. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. But, okay. Uh, if you want to play one of their betting games where you pick players and fill out a roster, that kind of thing, McIlroy is the guy that will cost you more than anyone else. I would say I'm not crazy about his chances. Okay. Only because... I think his game's been so out of sort. Yeah. Um, Charlotte is kind of where he made his name. He won his first tournament. Back in 20, shot that 62. You always remember your first. Yeah. And I was, (laughs) I remember I was watching that with some friends in Atlanta, and I said, I'm going to go out on a limb because I think this guy's going to be really good. Um, Is that when he still had all that curly, bushy hair sticking out from under his cap? Uh, But if he won, it wouldn't be a shock. But also, it's been seven years since he won a major. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So 2014. He won the British in the PGA. Yep, in the same year. And he did that commercial that started with, you could be the greatest. Mm-hmm. Like, might want to pump those brakes <laughs> just a little bit. Still looking. All right. So next on the betting front is Justin Thomas. Definitely in play. Yeah. And, yeah, he's won a PGA. And he's just a guy. He's won a lot. And it just makes you think the odds are. It's kind of like with Dustin Johnson when he won the Masters. The odds are he's going to fall into another major. Yep. Uh, but the, the fact that too, he has already won the TPC this year, mm-hmm. it's hard to win the TPC in a major in the same year. Because, I mean, in, in essence, you're talking about you're winning two of the Tiger top five. It? Yeah, it's just yeah. not a lot of guys have done. So, in essence, what there have been a lot of guys that have won the t- the TPC and a major, right, but, but not in the, in the same, same year. Because you're talking about essentially then you're winning two of the five biggest tournaments. Mm-hmm. So, c- could he do it? Absolutely. Well, any of these guys we're talking about oh, could do sure, it. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, but that's I would a good say, call on JT in the, in the Players' Championship. Yeah, but I would say, I'd say he'd be a, a – if I had to make a, a foursome – He'd be in it. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Next, John Rahm. Uh, he's got to prove it to me first. Yeah. And so, eventually, he, you would think he's going to win a major. and then Odds are. Then he'll have proven it to you. Odds then are. Then you could start saying, yeah, he can do it. Just don't know. I, I think this thing with the, the, the winds of Kiowa on that back nine could be a little tricky. He has done much better keeping his emotions under control though i think yeah. he, get, he gets better and better but he's like watching him play boy he's got a big time game Woo. and i appreciate his love for the heritage of great spanish players in the game with biasteros with olathabo and garcia mm-hmm. i appreciate his love for the history isn't that crazy that you have to throw sergio now in the History, the, I mean, he's just, still playing. Just yesterday, he was 19, battling Tiger, right? <laughs> Running up that hill to oh, see where his gosh. shot landed. That was crazy. All right, after John Rahm, you got DJ. And DJ's got a a little bit of a gimpy knee. 
and it's knocked him down a little bit, maybe there's some value there in DJ. Uh, he, he pulled out of the Byron Nelson last week. Uh, that, that's that's worrisome. He was my pick. And I, he's a guy who should probably already have a PGA or two. Mm-hmm. And I, playing at Coastal Carolina, growing up in South Carolina, he's obviously won at Augusta. Yep. Th- this course seems to uh, – that guy's so talented – any course fits his game. But yes. He, if he's healthy, he's my pick. He would be my pick in any tournament if he's healthy well, right now. Do you feel like he's the player? You know, there have been years where it's been McElroy. There have been years where it was Spieth. There was a little stretch here when it was Jason Day. But I feel like Johnson's a guy, and I'll see if you agree, that you, if he plays his best and everybody else plays their best, oh, that, yeah. that he's the winner. I think either him or Rom. Okay. Yeah. I, I can, remember I can they that. had that great duel. Oh yeah! At whichever tournament that mm-hmm. was, they all. Now, I know. I can't remember what it was. So yeah, and everything was messed up. Yeah. What did like DJ hit a long putt to tie it or something, yeah. and then Rom hit that crazy putt to win it or whatever it and was. They're just hitting bombs off the that tee, awesome. of course. Yeah, that was awesome. DJ but, would be my lean, but if, if he's gimpy, I'll have to go to a secondary. Think pick. of yeah. somebody else, but yeah, that's the that's the thing with DJ. I mean, we just. We don't know right now. And I think it does take the pressure off of him having won the brown jacket instead of not having another major to go with his U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, does he? Does that make him hungrier to win something else? Or is he kind of like – he's not complacent, but he's just – well, he's, he's, he's so mild-mannered, it's kind of hard to it's hard to tell with him. But I think he's definitely driven. Well, and you wonder, But too, all these guys are. Well, for sure. But but a lot of times with guys, it's like we, we were talking about with cuts when, when Matsuyama won the Masters. He, he, could he win another major? Absolutely. This year, probably not. The guy probably hadn't even been able to come up for air. So for DJ, and especially, I think, for a player from the South winning the Masters, mm-hmm. That is the ultimate dream come true. So you're going to be basking in that. And that's where for for the guys who have been able to win the Masters and and then win, say, another one that year, the very select group of the Nicholases and Palmers and Watsons and Woods, uh, that that is an elite, elite, elite group. And, you know, usually if you win them, the players who've won multiple majors, usually, let's say if you've won three or four, you usually kind of skip a year or two. That's true. You know, maybe it's this year and next year, or this year and then two years. It's hard to win two in one year. And so, you know, for, for Dustin, obviously it was now last year, though it's been within 12 months, you know, because of that thing that happened in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he, uh, if he is basking in the glow and doesn't contend this year, I would expect he'll be back contending in 2022. Wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, it's just they're all driven, but it just seems like some of them feel different than others. All right, number five, and I'll stop here because we could name several more players, but uh, number five on the list is Bryson DeChambeau. So he's actually a little bit of a higher – or like you have to spend a little bit more money on him than you would Jordan Spieth or Shoffley or Kepka or Morikawa, or even Matsuyama. DeChambeau, I would lean no. He's one of those guys, I'll probably never pick him 
because of the unorthodox nature of his game. But he'll probably win another major or two by a big margin like he did with his U.S. Open. Yeah. Okay, could he be that guy who wins, say, three majors and have them all be by – you know, three, four shots. I guess he won the U.S. by what six or whatever Ran it was. It. Yeah, and and then you know maybe not say have a ton of top fives because he seems to be that guy that's got to have it all clicking. But with for any of us, I always say that there's only about thirty seven things that can go wrong with a golf mm. swing. Well, for him with with what he's doing, loading up and and with the injury factor, the timing of it has got to be real precise. Real You're right. precise. You're right. But then again, they used to always say that about Bubba, and he just kept yeah making Bubba cuts such and winning a, tournaments. Bubba, though, such a natural player. Yeah, yeah. I wonder he's the exact opposite of DeChambeau. right? And that's why I wonder if DeChambeau sometimes like you just you need to get out of your own head a little bit because the guy is so talented. I mean, you think about what he did and and the elite list of players who won an NCAA at a U.S. Amateur. I mean, he did it in the same year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the two biggest. Yeah. Certainly, the United States, the two biggest non-professional tournaments you could win. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, you knew what kind of talent oh, yeah. he was yeah. and. But boy, I guess he's always been the professor or whatever. He's a grind know. to watch yeah, play. Yeah, but yeah. he's one of the. I think it's it's good for the game in terms of having that big star out there. But we don't need more kids emulating him. And I've got friends whose kids are on junior tours now that say it's taken way too long to play. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I just golf. As we know, it's uh, other yes, sports, too. Yes. P.O.P., pace of play. All right, so best of luck to Kevin Kisner, Hudson Swafford, Bubba, Harris English, Russell Henley, Brian Harmon, Brendan Todd, and Chris Kirk. And, of course, all these guys playing for the University of Georgia, growing up in the South, they're familiar with this type of course, and I'm sure this course in particular. Just say Brian Harmon, for example, played at Georgia, Grew up in Savannah. Yeah. It's right up his alley. Now, with some of the guys out there who are not big hitters, if they do go all out, and I think Cuts was telling us on Monday on our golf program on on the uh, home team, that they can get this thing out to 7,800 yards. That'd be good Lord. You're getting out to almost 8,000 yards. And then what what you worry there, if if they do do that, are you, are you eliminating half to two thirds of the field already, or with a lot of players who aren't as? And when we say aren't as long, oh, what they're two eighty eight off the tee. I mean, which is yeah. Uh, but but I mean, you're just going to have to be so precise that there's zero margin for error. And she will bite you in the backside. Uh, so t- so Dave, you played the there. ocean course. So how how much do you th- and and even like a even if it's not, we'll say like hitting it over. Ray's Creek at number 12 or over the pond at 13. I get it. It's a little bit, but there's still water that comes into play. Oh, yeah, there definitely so is. So that's yeah, there that, definitely that is. psychological factor. Yeah, and uh, obviously the bigger deal, though, is the wind. Right, and, right. And what that's going to be like. And me and my buddies on our golf trip last year, we, we went to Kiowa and played the courses there, and one of the rounds was a – was a battle with the old ocean course. Oh, it was fun. Nature. I had a good time. It was like not something I should play very often, but it was. It's fun to play those courses just to see what they're like. And when we were getting ready to to warm up, the the golf master guy or whatever you call him said, "Hey, by the way, when you're on the putting green, make sure you hit 
putts that are into the wind and putts that are with the wind at your back. Uh, that's British Open type yeah, stuff. Exactly. Like you always say, you know, the wind is a huge factor when it affects the putt. Mm-hmm. And it does. And that is. And the day we played, it was pretty mild. But, and, but still, I can see where it could just be a beast. And that's probably what helped lure the Ryder Cup there in 1991. Is it that, One that of the greatest Ryder Cups of all time. For sure. Is it that back nine, if you if somebody just plopped you down there, well, now you wouldn't think this if it was in August, but just when, if it wasn't blazing hot, you could just as soon be in, in Ireland or Scotland. Oh, yeah, for sure. You wouldn't have any idea. No. So I, I, just, I think that. So it, it also, it's going to be warm, but not blazing hot like when they had the PGA there in 2012. That could bring maybe a couple more Europeans into play because I always felt like the reason we went through that long stretch, I mean, basically 70 or so years, when European players just weren't winning the U.S. Open or the PGA, I mean, it was the heat. Yeah. And even like when Tony Jacklin won it in, what, 69? I think it was at Hazeltine and the high was 68. When Patrick Harrington won the PGA in 08 at Oakland Hills, mm-hmm. It was mid to high. I mean, I remember sitting there. We're sweating here in Athens, yeah. and these guys are wearing sweaters. They were. And you're yeah, like, oh, I'm yeah. so jealous. So it's but that the, the heat, like, and I think like when Tiger won at Southern Hills, the PGA at 07, like it would be very difficult for a player from Scotland to come in with a heat index of right. 106. Right. But in this situation, yes, but it's not going to be. It'll be it hot, happen. but it's not going to be right. boiling. Right. So anyway, the uh, PGA Championship gets underway tomorrow. Again, we're taping this on Wednesday. Before we get out of here, though, do you want to give uh, Georgia golf coach Chris Hack a big shout-out as the Bulldogs moved on to the NCAAs, and that'll be, I guess, a week from now or so, or maybe next weekend. The Georgia women's golf team will begin play out mm-hmm. in Scottsdale on Friday. Uh, Manuel Diaz and the Georgia men's tennis team have their Elite Eight or their quarterfinal match coming up tomorrow, and that's against the Vols. Tennessee and and uh, a great season, unfortunately, oh. coming to an end a little bit earlier today for the Georgia women's team that fell to NC State. Boy, it was just it was a heartbreaker, yeah. nip and tuck, and those are great kids. Jeff Wallace and Drake Bernstein have done such an incredible job, and it just goes to show we all know how hard it is to win a national championship mm-hmm. but uh you know you get down to the to the final eight everybody is is great and a couple of their kids and for anybody might, might have a little extra day and maybe one of your players doesn't have quite the day but they're you know, two of these matches go the other way right down the wire i've, I've always said and dave we, we've seen a million of them back in the, the glory days the ncaa championships in athens i think if you get it to where if it's a two all and you've got three singles matches that are in the third set there's no sport anywhere that's got more excitement oh there's absolutely right and talk about just gut-wrenching. Oh, my gosh. Hanging on not just every point, but every shot of every point. And, and there are times, too, if you're thinking, okay, God, I've lost the first set. Okay, I'm down 4-1. I just got – I'm not going to win probably. I got to hang in. Just prevent them from putting that point yep. on the board. Just hang in there. I mean, it is, it's so thrilling. And, you know, like, like we say, the closer you get, 
the harder it gets. To give NC State credit, they played great today. I'm just heartbroken for the team because they're they're great kids and yep. had such an incredible year. And still got a bunch of them in singles oh, and doubles. Oh, for sure. And we won the double SEC, won yeah. the regular season and the yeah. tournament title. But I mean, it's just you know the the when you get that close, just the, yep. the loss it, just, it hurts even more. But God, what a year! I was heartbroken. And today. I don't want to forget. Also, want to give a um, a uh, plus plus shout out to. Fellow Carlillian scholar Grayson Sig winning yes in, in doing what the football team's been good at lately winning in Knoxville and he got to put on an orange jacket <laughs> there's a champion of the Knoxville Open and uh, our buddy John Wilkerson from Tennessee said hey your boy Sig looks pretty good in the orange there I said I, yep. I guarantee you you, you win a, an event and make over a hundred k you will put on yep. any color whatsoever so. and uh, Chris Kirk won in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the only other Bulldog that's won that tournament. So, Grayson, his first career win, I think he's going to win more. He's so good. Oh, he's a great player. Yeah. He's so good. So, congrats to him. Yeah, that, Very that happy was fantastic. And again, Joe, just seeing that picture of him in the orange coat, I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us today. We've got to get on out of here. What are we, Jeff? Desperately short on time. Desperately short on Desperately time. Desperately short on time. All right. This has been the Crossover Podcast. David Johnston. And Jeff Dantzler along with you. Jeff from the home team. I'm from the morning show. 960theref.com, the 960theref app. If you don't have the app, it's in the app store if you're an iPhone user and Google Play and Android. And next week, we might actually have an uh, early in the week show next week. Oh, yeah. So we might have to do some Monday business. We'll see how things play out. Man, we got to head to the ham. We got to head to the ham, to the hoove for uh, what hopefully will be a good week for the dogs. That tournament is so bizarre. It begins single elimination. <laughs> Goes double elimination. Yeah. Some teams, it's only double elimination until yeah. you get to the weekend. Then it's back single elimination. So as Emily and I were trying to figure out our Memorial Day, said obviously we could still be playing. Yeah. I Hopefully could also be are. home Tuesday night. Just don't know. Uh, you, you just you, you don't just know. Don't know. All right. Have a, a great rest of your week. As always, thanks for joining us here. It's the crossover podcast on nine sixty the ref and the nine sixty the ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.